0: Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace
1: and peace to you, and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for, and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John ten ten. And today we put the finishing touches on this series called "Jesus Has Left the Building," as Pastor Sean goes from the Gospels back to where it started with the Law and the Book of Leviticus. And what does the law for the nation of Israel mean to you and me today? Can I eat bacon and shrimp and trim my beard? The message today is called Jesus and the Law. So let the teaching begin. This is Real Life Radio.
2: Okay, I told you. This week, we are wrapping up this series, Jesus Has Left the Building. I'm a little sad to see it go. Quite frankly, I love preaching and teaching on Jesus. I've loved the gospel reading. I hope you've been doing that. Because, I mean, we've been going through the book of John, and we're going to be wrapping it up. You know, we've got like four more chapters after today of the book of John. And then we've read through the whole Gospels together. We've spent 12 weeks focusing on Jesus, talking about Jesus, shining the light on Jesus. And it has been awesome. And right now, we're wrapping up the series, talking about some of the key themes of Jesus' teaching. Last week, we talked about Jesus and the poor. I know a lot of people resonated with that. I got some, just correspondence from some folks who just said, yeah, that just seems right. Jesus talked about the poor. He cares about the poor. and He wants us to care about the poor. We saw the, the lesson was simply how I see the poor will determine how I serve the poor. And this is a congregation that really is growing by leaps and bounds in our ministry to the poor. And I am looking forward to what God's going to do in the future because what he's doing right now is pretty cool. All kinds of areas where we minister to the poor. But I just got to tell you, he's not done there's more that he's going to raise up and multiply and uh, the best is really yet to come now today i want to talk about jesus and the law because you've been reading through the gospels you hear he talks a lot in fact all through the new testament there's a lot of talk about the law and that gets weird for us sometimes because we have this love hate relationship with the law don't we we really do it's because fundamentally something in our nature resists authority now some of you are like no i don't i love authority God bless you, I want to meet you, because I haven't up to this point. Because most people I meet have this little bit of a thing, and it's funny, we love the law when we want to enforce it on our behalf. But when someone else is trying to enforce it on us is when we get a little bit kind of, you know, that little kid in us rising up, you're not the boss of me. It's funny, laws, it's one of those things where you go, okay, where does the source of law, why is that a law, does that law really matter? There's a lot of laws currently on the books in the United States that would just crack you up. In fact, we came across some of these laws and, uh, you know, I'm like, are you serious? Uh, Yes, yes, they're very serious. These are actually laws. In Fairbanks, Alaska, it is illegal to give alcohol to a moose. I'm like, duh, I never gave my moose alcohol, be crazy. In Tombstone, Arizona, it is illegal for citizens over the age of 18 years old to have more than one tooth missing when smiling. That's bad for the whole town. California, it is a misdemeanor offense to shoot at game from a moving vehicle with the exception of a whale. True story. There's two parts to that. Okay, you've got a lot of whale. <laughs> Obviously, they are talking about a boat. But any Texan sitting up, it's illegal to shoot game from a moving vehicle? That's a God-given right. Georgia, it's illegal to keep a donkey in a bathtub, as you would expect, of course. Iowa, a one-armed piano players, one-armed piano players are legally required to perform for free, and I'm just saying that's wrong. Maybe perform for half, but not for free, that's just wrong. <laughs> in Maryland, it's illegal to take a lion to the movies, so stop it, just stop it. These are what we call the shaving laws. Did you know there are multiple shaving laws? In Mississippi, certain parts, it's illegal to shave in the center of the main street. So stop it, okay? Omaha, Nebraska, it's illegal for a man to run around the streets with a shaved chest, okay? And in uh, New Mexico, it is, actually this is in, uh, what is this town, Corazozo. Am I saying that really badly? Corazozo, thank you. I knew someone would know unshaven women cannot appear in public. Now this Michigan state law requires a woman to get her husband's permission before getting a haircut. And that's just, no, come on, that's just practical. Okay, poor guy comes home and there she walks you like my hair? (laughs) You should have a warning. Okay, because the answer is always I love your hair. That's the answer, but you don't want to be caught by surprise, so no, that's just, that's very practical. I'm going to get a negative feedback on that, I think. (laughs) You kind of get into something, you realize, abort, abort, and you can't. Uh, Mooresville, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, women have to have a permit to wear cosmetics, and I'm like, I don't get it. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, women can't drive a car unless there's a man with a red flag in front of the car warning the other people on the (laughs) road. These are real laws. I am not making this stuff up. I didn't just think, let's write goopy things, okay? North Carolina is illegal to sing off key, okay? Uh, This stage is also, we've adopted that law, so you can't do that. And then in Nicholas County, West Virginia, preachers cannot tell humorous stories from the pulpit because they're just not good at it. So I think that's why we leave that. Uh, See, there are all kinds of laws, and you have to know something about all those laws. People don't, you know, these little townships and things, they're not just making stuff up. At some point, there was something that mattered. Somebody had given alcohol to a moose somewhere, and it went horribly wrong. And so they said, no more. Stop it. They had some root in some reason. The problem is those laws can become obsolete. People go, what what is that for? Why are they even there? I want to suggest... That the Gospels talk a lot about the law. And if we're not careful, we can kind of put the law either in one of two categories. We can either say, no, no, every law in the Scripture, the Old Testament law particularly, is completely applicable for us today and you've got to live under that law. Or we can just say, oh, no, those are like the moose and the alcohol thing. Those, don't, those aren't relevant anymore. And I want to suggest to you that's not true. Listen to what Jesus said about the law. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at Verse 17. He said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Now, a question that someone needs to ask is, why would anyone think Jesus had come to abolish the law or the prophets? Why would they ask that question? Because we've just read the Gospels, and we know he lived and applied the law so differently that there were people who mistakenly thought, no, he's come just to abolish it and claim it all void and null. And that wasn't exactly why he came. He lived and applied and taught the law very, very differently. But he said of himself, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill them. Verse 18, I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commandments will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees or the teachers of the law who were very legalistic in their application of the law, he says, you'll certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what's interesting, he then goes on to expound on the law a bit. He says things like, you've heard it said that if you commit adultery, you're guilty. Well, I say to you, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. You've heard it said, if you kill a person, you're guilty of murder. Well, I tell you, if you hate them in your heart, if you curse them, call them a fool, you're guilty of murder in your heart. So Jesus takes this law and in and, and a, a unique way expands it. And kind of our gulp factor and despair level starts to rise when we hear talk like that. Now, in Luke 16, 16 and 17, listen to what he says. Jesus says, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. He's talking about John the Baptist. Since that time, the gospel of the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. But it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of the letter of the law to fail. You see, the law is a challenge, you know, the law, we're talking about this Old Testament law, the, specifically the first five books of the Bible. Now, Jesus will mention the law and the prophets. There's history books in the Old Testament that expound on the, the, the story of the children of Israel, of God's people. Okay? But the law is specifically those first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch or the Torah. It's written by Moses. Sometimes that word is used referring to the entire Old Testament system. Like I said, it's called the Law and the Prophets. God gave the law to his chosen people, Israel, who were the descendants of Abraham. The law is really the story of creation, the story of Israel, and more importantly, God establishing his order for Israel as a people and his plan of redemption for the whole world that would come through his people, Israel. Anyone who's ever read the law knows it's very detailed and it covers a vast array of topics connected to our life in fact the law can sometimes seem like some of those things we read earlier leviticus 1919 keep my decrees do not mate different kinds of animals so crossbreeding of cattle yeah no be careful don't do that do not plant your field with two kinds of seed don't wear clothing woven of two kinds of material that cotton poly blend you're wearing take it off now no no don't do that do not do that just kidding i mean uh, really i i've I've heard people and you know Christian schools were real good at this. I, I had my kids in Christian school. I went to a Christian school. And, you know, they didn't like tattoos, okay? And you're fine. If you don't like tattoos, that's your prerogative. Awesome. But they would take this Old Testament passage into the law and say, okay, it says don't mark your bodies up. See? It's against the Bible to get a tattoo. And, of course, as a kid, I'd go, can we wear pot and co- cotton polyblends? In Leviticus 11, 7, 8, or excuse me, uh, in Leviticus 19.27 says, do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip the edges of your beard. Can we do that? By the way, I understand, if you just don't like tattoos or if a Christian school doesn't like tattoos and just say, I don't like tattoos, you're not going to get a tattoo. Parents, if you don't want your kid to get a tattoo, tell them you're not getting a tattoo. Yeah, but someday I'll be on my own. Good, when you're on your own, do whatever you want, but you're in my house now, okay? Some of you parents need to learn to say that. It's my house, no tattoo for you, okay? That's fine. But when you start pulling the law, you better be willing to say, you're going to live by the law? Great. So can't wear the cotton poly blend, can't shave your beard, cut your hair certain ways. Leviticus 11, 7 and 8, and the pig, though it has a split hoof completely divided, does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. You must not eat their meat or touch their carcass. So not only can I not have pulled pork barbecue for Thanksgiving dinner, I can't play the football game afterwards. We love our touch football game. It's ugly, but it's ours. That's what the law says. Leviticus 11.10, but, uh, but all the creatures in the sea or streams that do not have fins and scales, whether among the swarming things or among all the other living creatures in the water, you are to detest. In other words, no shrimp for you. Now, what's, we have to be very careful. Understand, God had a purpose for every single law he gave. To his people and we need to understand that but we have to understand the context and the purpose do you realize there were 613 in the law 613 different statutes commands and ordinances that the people were called on to obey and they all had a purpose there were three kinds of law basically ceremonial law which meant laws that they were to follow things they were to do for the purpose of representing serious deeper truths talk about the sacrificial system the sacrificing of animals for the forgiveness of sin it was ceremonial law some of the cleansings the feasts the things that they observed significant purposeful ceremonial law there was civil law because israel was a nation israel was a nation and they had rules that they lived by there was civil law and then there was moral law the moral law is things like the ten commandments now what we're going to see is that the ceremonial law In the time of Jesus, and that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, Up until the time of John. The the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the gospel of the kingdom has been preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. Something changed in the coming of Jesus, and that's what we're going to look at.
1: We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas, in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find this whole series as a free download on the sermons link at reallife.org. And some very exciting news at River City Community Church as it continues to grow and serve the community. Here's a special invitation from Pastor Sean.
2: Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to take just a moment and invite you to experience Saturday nights at River City. This new 5 p.m. service beginning on February 1st will be an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the real life that God designed us for. In fact, beginning in February, in all our weekend services, I'll be sharing a new series called Help My Family is Weird. Now, it doesn't get more real life than that, does it? We're going to take an honest and sometimes humorous look at what the Bible says about family life and see that while it can sometimes be weird, it can also be a great gift when we follow God's design. River City is located on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park with entrances on both Lookout and Evans Road. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is called reallife.org. To find out more about Saturday nights or our Sunday services, go to reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Welcome
1: back as we return to this message called Jesus and the Law. This is Real Life Radio.
2: The ceremonial law took a different place. The civil law at the closing of that period of Israel's history took a different place. The moral law actually is exactly what Jesus expounded on and continued on into the New Testament. What I want us to see when it comes to the law and all this teaching of the law that we've read in the Gospels is that the law was the beginning of God's plan that would culminate in Jesus Christ. The law was all a part of God's plan that would culminate in Jesus. In other words, it all begins and ends with Jesus. Listen to what Romans 8, 1 through 4, and we'll refer to this passage a couple times. You may want to turn there. Why don't you turn if you have your Bibles or your electronic devices, wherever you read the scripture from, go ahead and look up Romans 8, because I want you to see this and I want you to grab onto this passage. Romans 8, I'm going to start reading in verse 1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. Listen to that. That's a very important phrase. What the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So he condemns sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit. The law was powerless to do something because it was weakened by the sinful nature. What was that? To make us righteous. To cleanse and purify us. Listen to what Hebrews 9, 9 and 10 says talking about the law it says this is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of a worshiper they are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings external regulations applying until the time of the new order and you know when that time of that new order was jesus christ I want to suggest you as you read through the Old Testament law, which I think you should read. I think you should read through the Old Testament. I think you should understand the Old Testament law. But what you're going to discover is from the beginning, it starts pointing to Jesus Christ. And then the Gospels that we just are this week are completing up, reading through, is the story of Jesus Christ. And then the rest of the New Testament is all pointing back to Jesus Christ. It is all about Jesus. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The law is the bad news that opens my heart to the good news of the gospel. The law is the bad news that opens my heart to the good news of the gospel. And here, this is such an important principle. You've got to understand this. It's very unpopular to talk about sin. Oh, that's so negative. Don't tell me about hell. That's so downer. Uh, Just tell me the good news. How about the happy news? Yay. That's kind of a thing in the church. Here's the problem you will never appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news. The good news is you can be saved in Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Saved from what? Why do I need to be saved? It's not good news if I don't understand what I need to be saved from. The law is fundamentally designed to take the bad news and put it in front of us and show us exactly what the problem is. That's what the purpose of the law was god worked through a people israel and what's so beautiful is he encoded certain things in the dna of this culture The people of abraham the children of israel. He encoded things into their dna So they would fundamentally understand when the time of jesus christ came To those who had an open heart certain things would fall into place and make sense and be like, oh my gosh Now that's good news the law is the bad news that opens my heart to the good news of the gospel. That's what the law is. Now, a couple observations, a couple ways the law does this. The First, the law is a ruler. I want to do, just use a couple metaphors to show how the law does this. And, and these are things that we've seen highlighted through the New Testament. But I want us to take a look at them. The law is a ruler, a standard measure of righteousness. Psalm nineteen seven: the law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. We just read it, Romans 8, verse 4. In order that the righteous, or the right, the true requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the simple nature, but according to the Spirit. See, this idea that there is a standard that has nothing to do with our opinions, that there is a law of right and wrong, there is truth, regardless of our opinions of it. That is an idea that is so under attack culturally. I mean, we we'll stop and think about it. When we start thinking about right and wrong, and it's like sometimes you sit and look at things with, with and you read articles and you hear different kind of public discord, the comment section of a, a website article, and you just go, what is going on in people? Do they have no concept of right and wrong? And here's the deal, very simply, There is something inside of the human heart, something inside of us that wants to remove any thought of right and wrong, any thought of a higher standard. You know why? Because then I can set up the standard. And you know what the standard becomes? Whatever I feel like. There's a little something inside all of us that kind of wants to be God. It's called the sin nature. And so whatever kind of thing that points to God and a higher standard or a higher level of accountability, a creator, we're going to attack that. Because if I can attack that and in some way at least fool myself into thinking I've disproved the existence of God, then guess who gets to be God? Me. Not you guys, me. No. (laughs) So this idea of there being any standard is absolutely under attack. It's the idea of Holiness, holiness, absolute purity and perfection. Holiness means perfect, pure, lacking nothing. And there's this concept throughout scripture of the holiness of God. And we don't understand this is the whole problem. This is why the cross, this is why Jesus, this is why all of it. God is holy and pure and sin, sinful man cannot stand in his presence. They can't. So our sin, and Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our sin absolutely separates us eternally from God. And in fact, the scripture is very clear about sin. Romans 6.23 says what? The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The law, do you know that's a concept from the law? Hebrews nine twenty two. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, there is no remission or payment for sin. And I know some people go, but that's gross. And why have we got to talk about it? Isn't that kind of old timey? It's a very basic prepos- uh, proposition, and it's simply, our sin incurs a death penalty. That's the justice. That's the judgment the judgment on sin is a death penalty that's why they say without the shedding of blood because shedding of blood represents the giving of a life the life flow so that's why there's all this talk about the blood why he mentioned why does the law talk so much about the blood why the gospels talk about the blood because without the shedding of blood there is no remission or forgiveness of sin leviticus 5 5 and 6 said when anyone is guilty in any of these ways he must confess in what way he has sinned and as a penalty for the sin he's committed he must bring the lord a female lamb or goat from the flock as a sin offering and the priest shall make atonement or payment for him for his sin that's what this whole thing is about in the law which was a symbol a representation When a person sinned because they were not sinless, they were not able to be sinless, it was a hopeless situation because the standard of the law was here and our conduct was here. And so they would have to be reminded of that and every year they would have to sacrifice for their sins and be reminded, you know what? My sin incurs a death penalty. Think about this. Think about a a nation. A nation that for thousands of years watches This sacrificial process and understands sin creates a death penalty sin creates a death penalty because holiness is up here because our conduct our sin our rebellion against God is here and there's this gap and there has to be a sacrifice made otherwise I have to pay so under the ceremonial law that sacrifice is made see the law is the bad news that will one day open my heart to the good news of the gospel. The law is a ruler or a measure.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio as next week we'll hear the conclusion of this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. And it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to join us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. and We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.